Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I've been starting Colts for about five years, and this is quite a while back, and, you know, we... I, I didn't know really anything about this uh, stuff like Ty and some of these guys that really know what they're doing. Uh, the way we did it is, you know, we put the saddle on and uh, wait for it to quit bucking, and then you got on it and waited for it to quit bucking, and then you opened up the round pan and you had a runaway. That's that's kind of the way we did it. And um, but doing it that, and I'm kind of being facetious. It wasn't quite like that, but it it wasn't take our time. And uh, so I got pretty sticky there for a while, and I've still got my little old bronc saddle in the shop, and it, it's one of those bear trap looking things from Mexico, and if you fall out of that, you die. So, uh, I mean, that thing will hurt you. But anyway, so I'd gotten pretty sticky, and it had been a couple of years uh, since I had been bucked off. And so I was... I'm, you know, kind of a little bit cocky and stuff like that. And, and, and a guy that I worked with, he, he told me one day at work, he's like, uh, hey, man, what, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, what do you need? He goes, well, my dad is 80 years old, and he bought this horse at a farm sale. Will you go get on him and see if he's Okay. I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, why did your 80-year-old dad buy a horse at a farm sale? And he goes, because he's a farmer, he's dumb, you know? I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go out there and get on him. And, and, and I went out there, and it was this little light, sorrel-looking mare, and I put my saddle on her. She didn't do anything. I cinched it up. She didn't do anything. I put a snaffle in her mouth. I mean, I was like, okay, this... Shouldn't be bad at all. So anyway, I moved the saddle around and kind of gypped her around a little bit and nothing. I was like, all right. So I stepped on her and threw my leg over and, you know, she pinned her ears because she was a mare. And um, anyway, I pulled her around a couple of times in this little water lot and no big deal, but it really wasn't big enough to really get her untracked and try anything. So I was like, open that gate. Let me go out across this field. So they open up the gate, and I take off across there, and she's kind of walking. I kicked her into a trot, and everything seemed to be going good. And then I asked her for one more gear, and all hell broke loose. And you got it? <laughs> I got the other gear. She started bucking, and it wasn't hard, okay? It was not that hard. I mean, I didn't lose a stirrup or anything. And it was more just, it, it was a little bit more than this, but, uh, in, you know, in that saddle, it was, it was no big deal. But she kept bucking, and I kept trying to pull her up. I, I could not pull her up. I tried to one-rein stop her. She was not going to do that. I had her head jerked around over here. I thought we were going to fall down. And she just kept bucking, and she kept bucking, and she kept bucking, and she kept bucking. And I started getting concerned because I started getting asthma. I mean, this is how long she's bucking. And, you know, it's not easy riding a bucking horse. And so she's starting to get 
you know, I start breathing hard before the, you know, modern medicine and everything. So, only time in my life it's ever happened. I put both reins in one hand and she's still bucking and I reach in my Wrangler pocket and I pull out my inhaler. And I start using my inhaler as she's bucking. And then I put it in my pocket and finally she wore out. And I made a big old circle and I kind of whooped her a little bit and we was running through a old farm so it was kind of soft dirt. It was no big deal but I got back and that 80 year old man said, that was a pretty good ride, son. I said, pretty good? That might have been my greatest ride ever. Did you see me use my inhaler out there? He said, son, my granddaughter could have rode that. <laughs> I thought I was pretty good. I guess not. I did keep my Christianity because I was about to, you get your old butt up here and you try it. But he didn't. What are you good at? Everybody's good at something. Everybody is, is good at something. I started thinking about the people that I surround myself with and what they're good at. Ty, you know what he's good at? He's good at managing our ranches. He's got good attention to detail. And nobody works harder than he does. He's never asked anybody to do something that he's not willing to do himself. Mitch? Mitch is good at noticing things about people. He can pick up on something in the first two minutes. He'd be like, hey, did you know so-and-so? Not, not, not in a bad way, you know, you know so-and-so. I'm like, no. How long have you known them? Ten years? I mean, he's just great at, at picking Little stuff up. He's just got an eye for detail with that. Brett? Brett is as honest as they come. There's no falsehood. In, yes, he's brutally honest. There's no falsehood in Brett at all. He's really good at appearing gruff, but he's one of the kindest people in any room he walks into. Sherilyn. You know what Sherilyn's good at? Sherilyn is good with people. You can't help but feel better after seeing her bubbly attitude. She is like a walking, living glass of champagne. <laughs> God talks to her about ideas. God leaches down and says, Sherilyn, I've got a problem. She's like, what? She's like, I want to decorate. She goes, I got some great ideas. She finds God stuff on Craigslist really cheap. <laughs> right? Sarah. Sarah is good at never backing down from a challenge and never quitting. She has a Hancock bred colt she rides. And I know some cowboys that won't do that. So she's, she's great at that. Our board members, Jennifer, Gary, and Daniel. They're good at leading quietly. They work hard for all of you. And they help me. What are you good at? What are you good at? Once you know what you're good at, wouldn't you want it to grow in a maybe great? Why would we settle with being good at something 
when we can be great at something. Because I believe that by following God, greatness is waiting on all of us. So let's talk about how through our relationship with God, that every one of us, what we're good at, we can go from good to great. The first thing that we have to really remember, and there's only three things, so it's not going to be long and drawn out. The first thing that we have to remember to go from good to greatness and, and receive the greatness that, that we are capable of is that greatness comes from doing what God already called you to do. Better. Greatness comes from doing what God already called you to do, but better. See, what God has already... What, what has God already called you to do? You don't know? It's actually pretty simple. Are you married? Then God has called you to be a spouse. Be a better spouse. Are you a parent right now? Then God has called you to be a parent. Be a better parent right now. Be a great parent. Are you in management? Then God has called you to be a great leader. Are you a cowboy? Then God has called you to be a servant of the land and the livestock. Are you a teacher? A nurse? Uh, cut hair? Whatever it is that you are doing right now is where God has called you to be. And, and don't settle for good. Go for great. Whatever you're doing right now, in your job, in your home, in your community, in your circle of friends, don't, sat, don't be satisfied with good, but go for great. Now, let me tell you how to do that. Going from good to great doesn't mean doing more. It means doing it better. Okay? Because, uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to grow Save the Cowboy, not, not so that Save the Cowboy would be something, but, I mean, isn't our purpose to reach as many people as we can with the good news of Jesus Christ? Of course it is. And so, you know, the, the typical church growth deal is, oh, we're going to start this program, we're going to start this program, and let's start this program, and we'll do this, and we'll do this, and we'll do this. Let's add, 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 add. And, and I went through that, and God told me, he's like, you're never going to grow by doing more. You're going to grow by doing what we've already asked you to do better. You know, I'm, I'm good at three things. I'm good at three things. I can make hard things simple to understand. It's just a gift I have. The second thing that I can do is I'm good at encouraging people to do hard things. And the third thing that I'm good at is telling a story. And I'm amazed that all of those things you wouldn't think are, are that high on the list of successful or anything, but God has put all of those things in me, and then through my relationship with Him, He has used those to touch many, many lives, and in return... Many, many lives have touched me. But God told me, he's like, you're not going to grow by, by doing more things. I want you to make it easy, even easier to understand. I want you to encourage people to follow me more. 
I want you to tell more stories that relate back to me. It's like, I don't care about building a new building and this and that and this and that. It's like, I don't care about that. I just want you to do what I've already called you to do, but I want you to do it better. You know, growth never comes from more, but better. And better can never come from following our own desires. Better can never come from following our own desires, but by following Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? That means we're going to have to trust, okay? That means we're going to have to trust. If you're going to follow Christ, you're going to have to develop a sense of trust in Him. We must trust what Jesus says is the truth. We don't get to pick and choose. We must trust and obey. In Matthew 6, 25, in the Simplified Cowboy Version, Jesus said, that's why I'm telling you not to worry about anything. Don't worry about food or water or if you'll have boots to wear. Isn't this life more than about beef steaks and isn't your body more than about boots? Trust Him. He said He'll take care of you. He said that He's going to take care of you. And we really must start to trust in that. To trust in Him. If you're going to follow Him, man, it's a given, man. You've got to start trusting Him. And, you know, trusting in... Another verse that I have in Simplified Cowboy Version is trusting in your own self for strength works about as well as roping a, stick, a bull off a stick horse. And a lot of us are doing a lot of roping off stick horses. We've got to trust God that He's going to take care of us. Second thing, if we're going to follow Jesus, we've got to obey. We've got to obey. We do things the way He says to do it, when He says to do it, how He says to do it, and why He says to do it. We've got to obey, guys. In Luke 6, 46, in the Simplified Cowboy Version, it says, Why do you call me boss? But you don't do what I tell you to do. Sarah asked me the other day, she's like, what's your favorite verse? Because she takes care of our Simplified Cowboy Version page. And I should have put that one right there. Why do you call me boss, but you don't do what I told you to do? I mean, if you, if you go work for Ty out at the ranch, and he tells you to go around this side, and you go the other way, or you don't do anything at all, I'm telling you, you probably won't get an invite back. Well, I'm glad that Jesus is more graceful than Ty would be. And I'm not saying anything bad about you, buddy, but I mean, that, that's the truth. Why do you call me boss, but you don't do what I tell you to do? If you're going to follow him, you've got to trust him, and you've got to do things the way he says to do them. The third thing you've got to do, you, you can't be a follower of Christ without trusting in Him. You can't be a follower of Christ without obeying Him. And you cannot ride for the brand unless you learn how to love others. If we do not have love, we have nothing. Are nothing and get nothing. You want to be great? You want to be great? You don't have to do more. Just do what God has already called you to do, but do it better. Do it better. And if you, and if you are following Christ right now, the way to do that better is just to trust, obey, and love others. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Simplified Cowboy Version says, there's a lot of stuff that will end up trumped in the dirt, but these three things will endure forever. 
faith, hope, and love. And the best of them is love. And the best of them is love. Man, if you want to go from good to great in your life, in whatever aspect of your life that you're talking about, especially Christianity, you don't have to do more. That's good news. You don't have to do more. Just do what He's already called you to do, but do it better. Do it better. The second thing to go from good to great is that great, uh, greatness comes from giving, not getting. If you want something, give it away. You would be amazed at how this works. If you really, really, if something is very, 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 very important to you, give it away. How does that work? Love works like that. You want to receive love? Go give out as much as you can to other people. It's amazing what you'll get back. Like, you, you can't ever outgive love. You, you give love out, man, and it's going to come back to you tenfold. And when you get that tenfold, you give out that tenfold, it's going to come back on you twentyfold. Maybe not from every person. But the compound interest effect of that love is amazing. You can't outgive God. You can't trust Him too much. You can't obey Him too much. You can't love Him too much. It's impossible. Greatness comes from giving, not getting. You know, your purpose in life will be rooted in what you give others, not what you get for doing so. What do I mean by that? Man, your purpose in life is about what you do for others, not what you get for yourself. Give stuff away. Man, if you gave away honor, you know what you're going to be called? Honorable. One of the things that I hate the most is, is that old saying, well, I'll treat you like you treat me. Ah, oh, horse crap. That's not what God told us to do. God told us to love everyone. Especially those that don't love us back. He said you don't get no credit for loving people that love you back. Love those that hate you. Love those that talk bad about you. Give that love away, man. Be a bigger person. It ain't easy. It's only for the strong. Man, any sissy can treat somebody like they treat, like others treat them. That don't mean nothing. That's easy. You know what? You're not a puppet. Because I'll treat you like you treat me, man. That's handing somebody the remote control of your life and just say, hey, man, you pull my strings, I'll dance whatever jig you want me to dance. You're not a puppet. You're a child of God. Act like it. Right? Give away, uh, man, honesty. Be courageous. I I anything that you do for others is going to be the purpose of your life. You know, God has given us all gifts. You know, there's gifts of prophecy and uh, encouragement and leadership and mercy and serving and all of that. But those gifts of God are meant for us to use it for other people, not ourselves. It's the great mystery. 
It's the truth. You want to go from good to great? You don't have to do more, people. Just do it better. Just do it better. Because Jesus said, if I can trust you with a little bit, more will be given unto you. But you know what? I think that we've all got a little bit of work to do with what God has already called us to do. What He's already called us to do. And greatness comes from giving, not getting. Do something for somebody else, man. Make a difference in somebody's life and you'll be amazed at the difference it'll make in yours. In Luke 6, 38, simplified cowboy version, says, Jesus says, what you give is what you will receive. I mean, if we're going to listen to Jesus, I mean, this is Him talking. What you give is what you receive, but you will receive even more than you give. Your blessings will overflow in your life and run out into your lap. The way you give to others is the way the boss will give back to you. Why aren't we doing that? Are we, are we satisfied with a mediocre good? Or should we be great? Not great so that people will praise us, but so that we can give honor and glory to God. And the last thing, the last thing, is that greatness is something that no one else can take from you. Focus on those things. Focus on those things. Anything material or monetary can be taken away from you. You know, you talk about, well, yeah, I just want to be a good horse trainer, and horses die. You ever wondered why they say healthy as a horse? I've never understood that. Healthy as a horse? Hell, I got a stomach ache. I can't puke, so I'll die. Well, they said healthy as a that's right. That's right. But I mean, if it's monetary or material, it can be taken away from you. Focus on the qualities that nobody can take from you. Focus on the qualities that nobody can take from you. Courage. Honesty, respect, integrity, strength, truth. Courage, C. Honesty, H, respect, R, integrity, strength, truth. Put those together and that spells Christ. You focus on those six things right there. I think it's six. You'd be amazed at the difference it'll make in your life. You'll be amazed that you can... How quickly you can go from good to great when you put those things in focus in your life. Greatness is something that no one else can take from you. Focus on those things. You know, you can be like Ty. Be a hard worker with a keen sense for detail. You can be like Mitch. And notice good things about people that no one else does. You can be like Brett and be a butthole. <laughs> I forget he's got hearing aids now. He hurt me. <laughs> I've been able to talk about him for three years. Not really. Just act like one, but be kind. Be like Sarah, never back down from a challenge because it seems too hard. Be like our board and lead quietly. 
without wanting a bunch of recognition. None of these things can be taken away from you. And all of them will make you great so that God can get the glory. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father, any greatness we have comes from only You. We ask that You make us shining lights in a dark world so that others can see You in all that we do and come to know, honor, and love You as we do as we prepare for our eternal home in Your presence. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, there's always a certain group of people that want to come to the brandings but don't want to do any of the groundwork or give shots. Sure, it's not the glamorous work, but it's what being a cowboy is all about. It's the guys in the trenches that make the difference, not the guys out for the afternoon. With that being said, I'm asking y'all to do a little groundwork. Go to SaveTheCowboy.com and make a monthly contribution. I know it's hard and inconvenient, but do it anyways. At Save the Cowboy, we're looking for those willing to get in the trenches. Not just those that come out for an afternoon. Someone reached you by getting in the trenches. Now it's time for you to step up. Don't be that guy that if he can't rope the whole time, he's going home. Don't be that guy. Help us reach others. Go to SaveTheCowboy.com. You can even text SaveTheCowboy, all one word, to 77977 to give with your pocket phone. It's easy. Remember, don't be that guy not willing to pull his weight. For Save the Cowboy, this is Kevin Weatherby. I'll see you next time.